You are listening to Starshot Podcast, a Genesis actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game master, and this is a Cole chapter. The airlift is flying over a lot of uh, this tropical jungle terrain. Um, at this point, if you're seeing this type of terrain, you know that you're about already an hour uh, drive out uh, south of Stepping Stone uh, and into what is called the Fringes, uh, which is called that because there are all these... Uh, it's, it's the edge of uh, society, which, granted, there's only like two cities on Janus, uh, Stepping Stone and West Sands, and the Fringes basically contains a bunch of mostly research outposts, uh, but also no-name small village settlements of people who just want to live off the grid, and a lot of those folks are the people who deny the existence of a world soul. They, they don't believe that there is a world speaker telling us to get off of this rock. Uh, they don't believe uh, that... Uh, uh, they, they just think it's some sort of government conspiracy to control resources and to establish dominance. My people. Oh, is Cole a world soul denier? Okay. Yeah, okay. probably. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say definitely. All right, then yeah, it's your people. Have you been vocal about this in the past? Or is this something that you've just never thought to bring up or you just keep a secret? Because I, I, sh- I should be clear, like most like... 80% of the population believe in the world soul. Mm-hmm. It, Cold would definitely talk about it with his closest friends, and it's something that he, you know, learned to parrot from his father, but he doesn't really talk about it with anybody else. He's certainly not at work. Okay, yeah, so uh, it's only been a few minutes since we're, we last left off, uh, which ended with the... Uh, you finding out that the Aspiration, which is the new generational ship being constructed to carry you off of this planet, uh, has uh, exploded in the sky. You can check your pad if you want. You'll find that you don't have access to the wider nets. Uh, so what would you like to do at this point? Uh, the doctor does tell you that it will probably be another 20 minutes before you land at the facility that you're going to. So... My phone is basically in airplane mode right now. It's not, it's not in airplane mode. You just don't have access to the wired net. Because, I mean, again, so there's only, like, the two cities here on Janus. And so there really isn't, like, that worldwide net. Uh, if you're not in the city, you just don't generally have service like that. There's no network uh, or infrastructure. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess... Cole would probably play a game on his phone in an, att- in an attempt to convince himself that it's not that bad and maybe make some light conversation with the doctor. Okay, you talk about anything specifically or? Um, so did my dad like give you any information on what we're doing? Why? What he's going to tell me when we get there? So I think at this point the uh, doctor uses his uh, wearable on his wrist to bring up like this display of lights and normally when someone brings that up you can see what they're looking at uh but because uh, it's just like a holographic display of uh three monitors uh at eye level for him uh, that moves with his head essentially uh but he has a set privacy mode quote unquote so even though it's this light uh you see a sort of orange shell over the back of the quote unquote monitor um and he seems to be 
busy with something uh typing some sort of report perhaps but he is or maybe an email but he is typing something up and he says uh oh uh-huh yeah uh so your father uh gave me some very specific instructions cole uh I'm afraid you won't actually be seeing him for another week or two, but uh, things are going to be moving pretty quick, and we're going to need you in top shape. Okay. What things? He, uh, how would you describe, like, your relationship with the doctor throughout all these years? Like, again, you've known him your entire life. He's always been your family doctor. I mean, we're probably not super close, but we're probably... We're probably as close as <laughs> two people in that situation would normally be, which is not that close. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, he just kind of gives you that polite bedside manner smile, looking at you over the uh, makeshift monitors made of uh, holograms. And he says, we'll I'll have to wait until we get to the facility. We'll read you in then. And only after then, uh, we'll we'll fill you in. Okay. That, that That's... That's fine. Alrighty. So, 20 minutes pass, assuming that you're not trying to do anything else or asking him any other questions. Uh, 20 minutes pass, and you eventually get to a point where uh, the tropical landscape below, that was previously largely swaths of green with dashes of blue of the uh, local flora, uh, has turned into the red and orange and spotted brown uh, that you've always known as being a sort of danger zone. If one were to prescribe themselves to the theory of world soul, uh, which you do not, uh, that theory says that the world soul has been split into two egos and the red and orange uh, flora is the sign of the world soul's, uh, the evil world soul's territory, as it were, usually referred to as the other, uh, the other world soul that wants to destroy humanity and is the reason why you're trying to build uh, this generation ship to leave this rock and through the lens of someone who doesn't believe in the world soul uh, what do you think of it i think it would i i should start off by saying that either way you cut it like people know that there are generally more dangerous animals and flora in these areas uh i think cole probably has a very interesting way of rationalizing that that is probably very scientific and uh has a lot of bullshit yeah of course but you know he there there's there's a scientific reason for it certainly um perhaps this area historically had less water mm -hmm. and it's been just a harsher environment and so the the fauna and flora have become wilder as a result all right yeah uh has cole ever left stepping stone Maybe to go to West Sands, or has have you ever gone to the Fringes L? Uh, maybe a little bit, but probably not for more than like a few days. Okay. Adventure, sightseeing. So you eventually make it to this outpost. An outpost that, as far as you know, doesn't exist. 
uh, because Reinhardt Research Hub does not have any outposts out here. Unfortunately, the Guardians of Eden won that contract to build research facilities out on the fringes. Um, and even so, none have been built this far south. In the distance, uh, looking out the window, you can see the Great Barrier uh, that covers the southern pole. There is a sister barrier on the northern pole and no one has been able to figure out why. Uh, uh, sending probes and satellites overhead uh, shows a generic imagery of what you can expect a northern and southern, southern pole to look like, but it doesn't look like there's anything special that this energy barrier is guarding. And, guarding. and Still, it's here. It's massive. Uh, it is a largely transparent uh, wall. Uh, and this facility appears to be built a good 10 miles uh, north of it. The facility itself, uh, as you begin to land, uh, appears small. Uh, there's only a single building that is no lar larger than probably a thousand square feet. Uh, and yet there is a lot of activity on the ground. And what surprises you is that you see a second barrier over this outpost, which momentarily dissipates as the airlift approaches and lands on a pad. Uh, and then it restores itself. It is not quite the same as the energy barrier protecting the pole, but it is very similar. And that is... Not technology that uh, humanity currently has, uh, and you certainly weren't aware of it. So yeah, uh, the airlift lands, uh, you prepare to leave, and there are people waiting for you um, a safe distance away from the uh, pad, and you see a familiar face. Uh, you see the face of uh, Andres uh, Ronaldo, your security head. Oh, he beat us here. Uh, the doctor says, uh, when we get in, uh, you're going to need to report immediately to uh, sickbay. You'll need to do a physical. Why? Standard procedure for this outpost. There's a lot of contaminants uh, passing through to get to here, and we have to make sure you're safe. I wouldn't want to upset your father. And so, uh, go ahead. Is it even legal for us to be down here? Technically speaking, this place doesn't exist. So, so no. Yeah, yeah okay. The, <laughs> I, get, I get off the lift. Yeah, he also gets off the lift. And as you're walking um, toward the group ready to receive you, uh, you see Andres standing there at uh, pretty rigid attention, which you've never seen him carry himself like that before. I mean, Andres is typically a professional type, but he's not like military precision. And yet here we have Andres standing very rigidly straight. And that's when you begin to notice uh, some minor details as you get closer to him. There is a question of, uh, has he always had that crescent, uh, crescent scar under his eye? When did he oh. have this haircut? Uh, he, he definitely has more of a uh, military haircut uh, compared to the Andres that you know. Um, he is flanked by two biroids, and he greets you uh, with a firm handshake uh, and also begins to shake the doctor's arm. And uh, he says, it's good to meet you, Mr. Reinhardt. Right this way. 
Okay, Andres, are you still excited for our camping trip, right? Uh, there is a half beat where there is confusion on his face, uh, but he quickly composes himself and says, uh, Sir, I'm sorry, I'm not quite sure what you're referring to. I wasn't informed of any expeditions out uh, into the fringes, and he get, uh, shares a look with the uh, good doctor as you two are marching into this apparently small building. Okay. You enter the building, and sure enough, uh, there is probably three... Yeah, not probably. There are three barriers of security. A retinal scan to start, um, which opens into a little hallway where there is a security guard manning the desk. And then he, uh, Andres badges uh, all of you guys into another door. And finally, you arrive at the uh, at the lift that's apparently going to take you down uh, into the uh, underneath the earth itself. Um, and it is there that uh, there is another biometric scan? This one uh, scanning the entire elevator. If you imagine like a light uh, just coming down from ceiling to floor, um, and uh, there is a nice little AI voice that says, "Personnel identified, Commander." Andres Rinaldo, Dr. Dennis Irving, and Cole Reinhardt. Or actually, uh, I guess this voice would be programmed to call you by your birth name. Uh, is, is it pronounced Colette or Coletta? Uh, Colette. Okay. Yeah, so the voice actually refers to you as Colette Reinhardt. That's, um, can we get that fixed? The doctor says, uh, sure, we'll make it top priority. He smiles. Okay. And he uh, kind of breaks the professional demeanor that he normally has with you, uh, placing a hand on your shoulder as the uh, lift shudders for a second and then begins to take you down uh, several levels. He says, you've been missing for far too long. I cannot wait for you to see all the things you're going to be able to have your hands on. Your father's going to be really proud of you. Okay. Uh, so a full minute later, the lift finally arrives to the floor. When it opens up, it opens up to this large atrium uh, with a lot of busy bodies moving around, mostly bioroids. Uh, you see to your left um, what seems to be a gaggle of people being processed as if they were arriving at a airport uh, to your right you see uh, a bunch of bioroids in full gear and full gear as if they're about to go out for an expedition um, with a uh, human leader at at their head uh, giving them a clear direction about th today's mission quote-unquote and Andres leads the group of you um, through this atrium. There is a lot going on between sentry drones, um, keeping an eye on everyone, and uh, the space also working as a pseudo, like, uh, what's the word, cubicle farm. Eventually, you get taken to the back. Uh, this place is definitely larger uh, than you can anticipate. In fact, you're not quite sure how it is possible the this facility has managed to stay off the radar considering the strict 
energy consumption that the Institute has placed on society here on Janus, and yet it exists. When you arrive uh, through another door, uh, you get taken down a few turns in, uh, across this uh, crisscross of uh, hallways and corridors, and eventually you arrive to a small uh, room, which you can uh, surmise is sickbay. There is an older lady there, graying hair. Uh, she somehow looks familiar to you, and yet you cannot seem to place a name on her. Uh, when she turns to look at you from her desk, uh, where she was typing furiously at her uh, computer, uh, she smiles as if she was a grandma seeing her uh, grandchild for the first time in ages, and even goes so far as to cross uh, the room to bring you in for a hug, assuming you let her. Oh, it's been so long. I haven't seen you since, oh my gosh, since you were three or four? Oh my gosh. And she like steps back and she's doing that thing where she's clutching you by the arms and giving you like a look over. And oh my gosh, you have grown so much. Uh, please. Yeah, that, that's what happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cole, I, oh, I'm sorry. Cole, uh, please, would you, would you take... Uh, a seat. I need to take a brief physical. Make sure that you're doing a-okay. Um, what's the physical gonna consist of? Oh, just a quick scan and some blood work. Okay. Alright. Uh, she nods to uh, Commander Andres uh, Ronaldo, uh, who nods back and uh, leaves. Uh, you, It's not lost on you that Dr. Irving uh, seems to have lost any of his uh, friendly demeanor that he just had with you on the elevator. Um, and even more so, it seems to have turned ice cold in the presence of this doctor, uh, who on her nameplate, you can see the name, uh, Cynthia Calhoun. Uh, so on her little name tag, you see the name Cynthia Calhoun, uh, and Dr. Irving uh, nods and says, uh, I'll talk with you later, uh, perhaps at the briefing. And he takes his leave, not saying a word to Dr. Calhoun. So sounds good, Doc. Uh, so she has you sit down. Unless you try to like argue against this, she's just going to uh, take some blood work. She's, she lays you down on this uh, seat, and immediately like a, a small drone comes flying up just inches from your face, and then slowly... like with a blinding light uh, that travels down your body and then zips off in a random, seemingly random direction. And immediately she's already taking the blood sample that she's taken from you and putting it into this little gizmo on the table next to you. And she's asking you like a battery of questions, like how do you feel? Um, how's your regiment been holding up? Uh, have you had any adverse reactions to the new regiment uh, that the good Dr. Irving uh, just gave you a few hours ago. No, um, I, f I feel fine. Uh-huh. She is currently looking over the results of the blood work. Huh. That's interesting. Well, that's to be expected, I suppose. Uh, the good doctor tends to not have a good eye for detail. Cole, uh, would you be a darling and take your medicine? And she uh, pulls out a 
little tablet that has the same pill that the doctor tried giving to you earlier. Uh, what's her demeanor like? Uh, her overall demeanor, she is... Even though she has like a smile on her face and she has been pretty like friendly, you can tell that's kind of an act, and yet she seems pretty unreadable. Uh, if you'd like, you can make a perception roll. Okay. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, let's see, an opposed uh, perception roll. So you're going to be rolling, oh, excuse me, two red and one purple. Okay. Ooh, failure in a threat. Okay. <laughs> I'm, what if I'm doing the uh, the Larry David stare that he does when he's trying to figure out if somebody's lying, and she <laughs> is really weirded out by it? Yeah, I think that makes her uncomfortable, and uh, I think that's the only thing you could pick up from your from your your you trying to get a bead on her um, is that she is uncomfortable by the. I the eyes and look that you're giving her. Um, I think what this is going to translate to is uh, your next social check with her is going to be uh, with the setback. I think. Uh, but yeah, so she she is standing there offering the uh, pill, uh, and you are still laying back in this chair. I'm gonna try to play the same trick on her that I played on the doctor. I'm gonna try to pretend that I took it and just slip it into my pocket. Well, now I'm gonna use my story point. Okay. How do you like? How do you use it? Like, why? Why are you suddenly getting better? Are you uh, distracting her? Are you using the story point to say that some sort of assistant comes in her room to momentarily distract her? What's that story point for? I was thinking that I would cause the distraction. That I would be like, uh, I think, uh, I guess a good distraction would be like, hey, look, your syringe jar. It, is falling it's <laughs> it's about to fall off the counter okay well we'll see what her reaction is uh, <laughs> after your roll uh, am i rolling against anything oh uh sorry let's go ahead and just make this a um we'll say that given how small it is that this is an easy check so one purple but i'm gonna give you a setback die because she is like intently looking at you okay is that a black yeah that's a black a success Ooh. and a triumph hooray that's actually two successes. Okay, uh, so you have actually two successes and a triumph. Uh, what's that triumph look like? I mean, obviously, so you do like palm this, or maybe slide it in the pocket, or maybe just hide it in your tongue. I mean, describe to me what this looks like and what the triumph is. I definitely don't slide it under my tongue. I think I slide it into a. How about um? Can I have a hidden pocket on the inside of my vest? For a second there, for like a split second there, I thought you were going to suggest that there was this flesh pocket in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So you said you want like a hidden pocket in your vest? Yeah, like on the inside. Okay, yeah. I slip it right in there. Um, <laughs> so you slip it in there. Uh, she does actually look away. And more so from like, I don't remember placing syringes over there. And she's like trying to look around and oh. I I guess I did place a syringe there earlier. Huh. Sorry, I I guess I'm just kinda You gotta be more careful. I mean somebody could have stepped on that and your your ass is on the lines. You're right, you're right. And she leans forward uh to like flash that little flashlight into your eye, uh check your pupils and such. 
Interesting, interesting. Okay, we'll do another physical tomorrow. I want to make sure you're reacting well to this uh, new regiment. I believe we're done here. We can, I can go ahead and show you to your room if you like. I'm not sure when your next briefing actually is, but I'm sure they'll come and get you as soon as possible. Um, where's my room? I can show myself there. Yeah, it's actually just right at the hallway. I left second right, and it'll be the third door, I believe, on the right. It should have your name on it. Okay, I go to my room. Uh, yeah, so it is exactly where she said it was. This room is... It's pretty big. It is probably mm, trying to think about how big my actual bedroom is and trying to quadruple that. Uh, let's go ahead. <laughs> and I have no idea what my bedroom is size is, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that this room is uh, 400 square feet. Uh, it comes with a private bathroom, uh, but is otherwise built like a studio apartment. You, on the far wall, you have like a small kitchen that's really nice. Uh, you have a really nice uh, queen size or king size bed rather um, on the side there, and like a small like corner for like entertainment, a TV. It, it's uh, it's really nice. Isn't a isn't a football field like three hundred feet? Well, no, <laughs> like, yeah, cool. yeah, a football field is three hundred feet. It's three hundred feet long. And this is just 400 square feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. That, that was my brain being dumb. We'll uh, edit that out. <laughs> yeah, please No, do. I'm just going to actually edit it to where it just says, uh, <laughs> where your immediate reply is, but isn't a football field 300 feet? And then we're, I'm just going to cut out all my stuff. <laughs> and that's the magic that we're going to do here. Uh, sorry. So go ahead. Uh, wh what do you do with yourself at this point? Uh, I'm I'm gonna check out that pill. I'm gonna like, yeah. I d I don't know if I can actually glean any information by looking at it or breaking it open, but I'm gonna try. Hmm. I would say it is without the right gear for it. There's no way that you can test for it or figure out what it does i mean because to the naked eye it just looks like a small pill like any other pill basically what i'm saying is if you want to figure out what it is maybe find the right equipment for it uh perhaps uh try the sick bay again later or try to talk your way into there or yeah okay um as is yeah is the I, I mean i probably wouldn't know this but maybe i could ask someone if the sick bay is open all night yeah uh you can ask someone um in fact when you check out um like pop your head out the door well i kind of assumed that you were like standing at the threshold and you just asked like a random passerby uh about that uh she tells you oh it's it's only open for eight hours. Um, they, they, of course, do emergencies. There's uh, medical bioroids in there that can help in case of emergency. But uh, the good doctor's only in there between uh, 07 and 1500. I have food poisoning. Oh, well. That's why, that's why I was asking. I, did, did you want me to get her? No, it's fine. Okay, yeah. Sure, sure. And this is only now that she, like, notices that there is a nameplate next to your door that says uh, Reinhardt. And she doesn't say anything, but you can see it in her face that she is 
very surprised, um, but in a good way, uh, and says, uh, please let me know if there is anything I could do for you. And she begins to walk away. And I think it sounds like you're maybe finally crossing the threshold into your room or do you go anywhere else from this point or what? Yeah, I'll go into okay. my room. You go into your room. Uh, is exactly how I described it. Nothing's changed in the two minutes that we've been recording. What would you like to do? I wasn't really, <laughs> I wasn't really given anything to do. I thought I was going to see my dad. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I guess I will walk around and look for <laughs> potential escape rooms. Oh, out of this. Okay. Um, from your, so when you tried to go back into the hallway, um, keep in mind that these are uh, automatic doors that close. Um, it's probably no big surprise from how I asked uh, and how I positioned things that uh, the you find that the door is locked and is not responding to your commands. It keeps giving uh, the little side panel there uh, flickers red every time you try to wave your hand in front of it uh, and in any other fashion, like the door's not budging. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to look around the room. Are there any cameras in this room? All right, uh, let's actually go ahead and have you make a perception check for that. Okay. Uh, this is going to be daunting, so four purple dice. And in fact, I'm going to spend a story point to give you a turn one of those purples into a red. Uh, for reason, <laughs> for okay. reasons that may or may not become clear, because um, <laughs> I was just thinking about it, like if I'm spending story points, I should elaborate too. But this is yeah, it's a little different. Okay, so three purples and a red. You yeah, said. this is gonna go poorly. Uh, who knows? You got that triumph early. Might be good. Okay, two successes and four threats. Oh man. Okay, so I think what happens here is that you do through like you're searching. Um, well, actually, describe to me like how you're searching. Were you being casual about it, or were you blatantly like looking around the room? Uh, he's trying to be casual about it. He's uh, pretending that to just like sit on his bed and go to the bathroom and do normal stuff. Yeah, so you pluck out. Um, very tiny cameras is the future so there's no there's no like big obvious cameras anymore not really um, there are like tiny little thumb sized cameras that you can just plant in places and yeah your place is riddled with cameras um, I think the threats uh, let's see there you, you rolled four threats um, I'm gonna say that like two of the threats represent the fact that uh Anyone who is currently watching or anyone who reviews this knows that you were looking for uh, surveillance. Um, I think the other two uh, threats I'm just going to spend to inflict strain to you. Um, your pulse like begins to race a little bit. Your adrenaline begins to pump just a little bit as you're... As the gravity of the situation, I think, is uh, catching up to you. Okay. So I take two strain. Two strain. All right. I am going to sit on my bed mm -hmm. and wait. Okay. Uh, just staring up at the ceiling. You're going to play on your pad a little bit. I'll play on my pad. 
and I will try to act as nonchalant as possible, and I'm going to wait until the middle of the night. I'm, I'm even going to pretend that I'm going to bed at one point. And then, in the middle of the night, I'm, I'm going to try to hack the door. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, evidently, that brief never comes. Um, the only person person that stops by your room uh is a byroy to serve you food uh for dinner uh and that byroy informs you to be up and ready uh for your brief by 0700 tomorrow morning and uh the good doctor uh bids you a good night and the byroy takes his leave uh so yeah uh I assume you just kind of go about your business until the middle of the night uh, where you pull out your pad or are you actively like trying to break into a panel paneling in the door or what does that look like? Uh, I'll use, I'll use the pad. Okay. Uh, so you open up your pad um, and you begin to realize right off the bat that you, you are essentially on the uh, guest Wi-Fi, um, So you don't really have access to the system. You're going to have to break into the actual uh, Wi-Fi, like the main Wi-Fi that the uh, actual subsystems are based on. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, well, let's kick this off with hacking roll. All right, so three purple dice. Okay, two successes, two threats, Got a and triumph. a triumph. Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, so this is what success looks like um, before we get to that triumph. Um, yeah, you do it. It takes you a couple minutes, uh, but you manage to find a back door in there. I kind of assume for your benefit that you're just kind of maybe laying on your on on your bed in such a way that it looks like you're just staring up at your pad and reading. By the way, um, what does your pad look like? Is it a tablet? Is it a wearable that projects a hologram? Probably a wearable because coal it would be into the newest okay. tech. So yeah, this is kind of like a wearable that was doing what was uh what Dr. Irving was doing earlier and projecting like a screen for you to see and mine like you can move like your whether you're wearing on your wrist or your face, uh, you can move it wherever you want, um, but the image doesn't actually break unless uh, the wearable is like, I don't know, unless you break the line of sight between the screen and the wearable, uh, but small details, right? Um, anyways, you're hacking through this uh, wearable, moving your hands around to manipulate the uh, stuff, and you are finally in the system. Now, at this point, you spy several subsystems. Are there, is there anything specifically you want to do now that you're into the system? I would mostly just like to open the door. <laughs> okay, I guess we could do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, I could spend a, I could spend a couple minutes reading around. <laughs> oh, reading around and like what kind of stuff are you looking for just like all the subsystems you can manipulate or information i'm looking specifically for information about the new medicine okay yeah so you navigate to that subsystem um the database for the medical personnel uh it is currently blocked by a firewall uh, sounds about right of course uh so would you like to hack that firewall 
Yeah, I'll do that. Fantastic. Uh, in order to break the ice, uh, you're going to be making an average computer check. Uh, that's going to be two purple. Um, I assume you're using your battering ram because this is a barrier, so you should be able to use that. Yes. Yes, it is a barrier. Uh, your, I forgot, what stat did I give your battering ram? For strength? Uh, it has a strength of six. Awesome. So basically you just need one success and you can break through this firewall. I'm going to actually spend a story point um, to upgrade one of those purples to a red. Uh, the reason being is that I think a they call them sysop, uh, basically the IT defender of the network. I'm going to say that this is actually around the time that a sysop would actively be checking the scans and doing a sweep. Oh, dare you. <laughs> Two successes and an advantage. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you managed to break through that ice. Now that you're into the system, doesn't take anything at all because you're just reading through uh, files, right? What do you want yes. that success to, or that advantage that you have to look like? Uh, I have an idea, actually. Okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, can I download the data? Yeah, of course. And keep it and like not be noticed. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds great to me. Uh, so you download that data. Uh, do you immediately then pull out of the system or are you sitting there reading through it? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pull out and then read it. Okay, yeah, great. You pull out the, uh, the network and then just check the files that you have uh, st stolen off the uh, medical records. <laughs> well, stolen is yeah, a strong word. Uh, acquired. You can't really steal information. All information oh, is free. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you begin reading through this uh, dense recording of what this medicine does for you. Can you go ahead and make a knowledge? Uh, you can make either a knowledge uh, science roll or you can make a medicine roll. Okay. I actually have knowledge science. Oh, fantastic. And uh, I'm sorry, this is going to be, let's see, it would be easier if you had medicine, but like it would be probably an average roll, uh, but because you're rolling knowledge science, it's going to be hard. So three purple. Man, I'm rolling boxcars <laughs> yeah. tonight. Um, so you have one success, two advantage, and one triumph. So actually, yeah, okay, so it's just a one success because there is a failure there that would probably cancel the triumph success. Okay, great. Um, so let's start with what you learn, uh, and then we'll talk about what triumph and advantages mean in this situation. Uh, so the medicine evidently uh, has been tested over a period of about five years, all culminating to the single pill uh, that is meant to prepare your body uh, for genetic alteration. I'm going to say in this, in our setting, people do genetic alteration usually just kept at birth. There's no like wild genetic engineering in uh, our setting, in part because of like ethical reasons and in part because it tends to just create a person that just breaks down some way, either mentally or physically. Uh, but they have evidently figured out a way to stop the body from breaking down and the genetic alteration can happen without the pill. The pill is what's going to be saving you from having your mind and or body break down. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, what do you want your triumph and advantages to be? Mm. And this this is like a side effect of your pursuit of knowledge. Uh, so it should be something along those lines. But we can get a little bit flexible if we're struggling here. I mean, my theory at this point is 
he's gonna try to turn me into some sort of mindless thing like he did to andres okay could i get like is there any other information like along those lines like along the lines of what the actual alterations are going to be okay yeah so i think the added bonus here then is that you do have access to both the past uh past experiments and the ooh actually so we'll use your advantage for that and then i will tell you what the triumph is for so i have a juicy bit of information um so you see records and notes from the good dr calhoun of uh, past genetic experiments um, done primarily just on clones. Apparently the good Dr. Calhoun, um, and I don't know why these are all good doctors, but they're good doctors. Of course. Yeah, of course. Dr. Calhoun has apparently cloned herself several times and have essentially done this experiment on herself, uh, or on her clones, rather. And so you see three dozen subjects have been subjected to this. And every single one of them, up until the latest subject uh, about six months ago, has been a failure. There's been mental breakdowns. It appears that the genetic alterations that they want to perform, according to the latest logs, are to your, your psyche. They want to seemingly boost your intelligence while at the same time breaking down uh, certain innate instincts and inhibitions. Um, you're not quite sure why anyone would want to do that. It, from, how, from how you're reading this, it seems like they don't have to do that, but that seems like what they're gunning for. Yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, the triumph, however, is you catch a reference. Uh, tell me something. Um, what is your father's like favorite animal? Or yeah, you're gonna say anime for a second. <laughs> yeah, you're, what's your father? Is it One Piece or is it Sailor Moon? <laughs> no, what's what's your um, father's favorite animal? Probably like type of animal. Probably like a, a wildcat, like a tiger or a lion. Yeah. So you see a couple references to. A patient that doesn't follow the naming convention for the clones that were experimented on. Uh, instead, it seems to have its own co- uh, code name uh, called Black Leopard. Now, this subject, Black Leopard, uh, what's interesting about this subject is that this person uh, has gone through uh, genetic alterations all of their life. Um, physical alterations to enhance speed and strength the thing is all the description that you're reading all the little details that are picking up seem to be seem to imply that is a clone another clone of your father oh shit (laughs) and this clone uh, according to the birth date listed under this uh, black leopard's profile is just as old as you are just uh, just a few weeks younger i have an evil twin (laughs) with that said uh what do you do um i think it's time for me to go (laughs) okay so Uh, you go back into the network because you need to unlock the door then you don't you do not need to hack again to get into the network you do need to uh break some more ice uh, so this actually comes with two layers of ice. There is a uh, sentry um, 
that is blocking this and then followed up by another layer of ice that we'll talk about if you get through the first one. Um, so the first one's strength is four. Uh, can you go ahead and make an average uh, computer check? I have not been doing a good job of tracking our story points. I believe you have, you have at least one. I don't know if I have yeah. the other. Yeah, I'm gonna spend mine. Okay, uh, I th I'm pretty sure that means I have both of them now. I'll do a better job next time, but okay. You spend <laughs> so you spend yours. Um, yeah. Ooh. Uh, one advantage, if I'm reading that. Yeah. You so you have two successes, a another triumph, and uh, one advantage. Can I maybe take a blue die on the next roll? Uh, let's see. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. You are uh, powering through that. Uh, so you could you could do your advantage for that uh, what do you want your triumph to be do you want to just learn uh, what the next uh, piece of ice was or is sure so next piece of ice is uh, actually the hmm, is actually not a barrier so you're not going to be able to use your battering ram it is a code gate ice is authenticator if you're not able to successfully override this uh, you're going to lose access to the security system. But this is what's standing between you and getting out of here. Is there any way for me to break it? Like, do yeah. I have to go in manually or something? No, you, you can break it without the um, without the battering ram. It's just that you're going to have to rely solely on your successes. Like, you're going to need um, four successes to beat this. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just spent my story. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is uh, only two purples, remember. In fact, I'm going to spend the story point to make one of those purples of are red. So you do have a story point back that you can immediately spend if you like. Well, then, yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, so one red, one purple, and then don't forget to upgrade one of your dice. Oof. Uh, your hollow displays begin to flash a solid red, um, and that says intrusion, intrusion. Uh, what do you want to spend your advantages on? Um, some, <laughs> some suggestions that they suggest for a threefer advantage, which is what you have, is that you open a permanent back door that'll make it easier, uh, to access the system next time. And by access system, I mean not breaking this ice, but the system as a whole, uh, which you are surely going to be locked out of. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, so the lights in your room uh, flash red, um, and a calm, soothing voice says, Please remain calm while security investigates this issue. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean... I guess I'm just gonna sit on my bed. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot I can do. <laughs> uh, it's only half a minute later that Commander Andres Ronaldo uh, comes barging in, pistol in hand, um, as uh, followed by a couple biroids, probably the same biroids from earlier. He seems tired, and he seems frustrated, but he seems absolutely resolved to catch whatever the intrusion is and when he comes in he is actually kind of thoroughly confused and disappointed when uh 
when he just sees that it's just you sitting on the bed. The other Byroids still doing a sweep of the room, but again, it's largely a studio apartment, right? So he <clears throat> holsters his gun. He uh, approaches you, but stands a respectful like five feet away. Um, and he just shakes his head. Mr. Reinhardt, your sister's not gonna be happy with this. Thank you for listening to Starshot, a Cole chapter. Cole was played by James, who is responsible for the music you're hearing right now, and whose site can be found in the show notes. Follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod to stay up to date between chapters. We'll see you in the stars. Thank you.